Welcome to the Talks at Google podcast, where great minds meet. I'm Anthony, bringing you this latest episode. Talks at Google brings the world's most influential thinkers, creators, makers, and doers all to one place. Every episode is taken from a video that can be seen at youtube.com slash talks at Google. In this heartwarming episode, we are joined by comedian, actor, and writer, Tony Hale. Tony shares with us a unique insight on his life, what it's like returning to live theater after 17 years, and his career journey that has spanned over two decades, leaving his audiences with plenty of laughs along the way. He also discusses his lead role in the ACT's new play, Wakey Wakey, a story about a man with only a few more minutes to live. It's an intimate comedy about love, life, and what it means to be human. Moderated by Julia Chen Davidson, here is Tony Hale, Wakey Wakey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, thank you for coming. So this is your this is your first time at Google. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> sure, Google owns me somehow. So. Yeah, that is true. We know everything about you. Um, do you? So I'm so curious. Did you have any expectations about what you're going to see here? What is our uh, reputation in in the acting community? I think I think it always comes down to food. I knew you guys had really good food. That's true. So I've had lunch, <laughs> uh, and, and I've had some snacks. I went to different stations and grabbed <laughs> snacks in my bag. Yes, yes, definitely. Load up, load up, oh, but not, yeah. not everyone. Just, so just I just yeah. looked sad. Um, but um, that's really all I focused on. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of videos. There's a lot of screens around here. Yes, that, so. is, that is true. We like but everybody's very things. nice. You Googlers are very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I heard differently. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, well, you have obviously an incredible repertoire of working uh, in film and television for over 20 years, um, having created beloved roles in Buster Bluth and Gary Walsh. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started. So I, um, well, I studied theater. I didn't study. I, I did theater when I was really young. I, I, I was an army brat. And I moved to Tallahassee, Florida when my dad retired in the seventh grade, and I was not a kid who was into sports. Um, And I was in the South, so sports is pretty much a religion down there. Um, And so my parents were like, "Ah, what do we do with this kid? And so they found this little theater called Young Actors Theater. And it was such a tremendous gift to me because um, I think even if you don't pursue a career in the arts like I have, certain personalities need that environment to thrive. And I was one of those personalities. So I'm just incredibly grateful for that. And that's kind of how I learned the love of theater. And I did not study it in college because I didn't know I could make a career out of it. Um, I studied journalism. Um, Better career. Yeah, 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 that's a stable one. And um, I, and then after that, I said, you know, I'm going to dip my toe back into acting. And I moved to New York in 1995 to pursue acting. Uh, my first show was Shakespeare in the Parking Lot, where we did uh, <laughs> Taming of the Shrew in a parking lot in the East Village. Um, and then I just kind of started doing, I had so many odd jobs, but I just started doing theater and commercials. I was kind of typed as, um, the commercial type was like quirky guy who's not all there. <laughs> I was like, that hasn't changed. It's high demand, high demand though, high demand. <laughs> exactly. And so just always kind of wide eyed like, what? Um, so, uh, and then, yeah, and so then I was in New York for years, and then I met my wife there, and then the Arrested Development audition kind of came while I was oh. there. Wow. Yeah. So, so clearly, so you've had a ton of amazing roles, including mm. starting with Arrested Development and Buster. Um, so, and if you had to pick one, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite character? That um, not really. I mean, they're so different. Um, 
<laughs> uh, Buster was so fun to play. Um, he, I'll never forget, I remember talking to, I asked a really actory question to Mitch Hurwitz who created Arrested Development, and I said, you know, what does Buster want in life? <laughs> I'm sure Mitch was like, all right, easy actor. Um, but uh, he said something to me that really made a difference when kind of thinking about Buster, and all Buster wanted in life was safety. That's all he wanted. And so everything was kind of colored by that. Like his posture, he would always like kind of go back, and his hands would go back, and he was just like, he was always on the defense of what's coming at him. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, it's just constantly. And so that kind of, it was fun. He was just always in this state of kind of paralysis and... But it was, he was just really, um, I don't know, that, the writing on that show was pretty incredible. Um, jokes that I still haven't gotten to this day. Like I was doing a podcast probably last year and one of my, well, one of my, my probably my most favorite joke of Arrested Development is the Blue Man Group. How <laughs> Tobias <laughs> thought it was a support group for depressed men. Yes. And I just think that's so genius. Good. So but um, I remember when, um, my hand was eaten off by a seal. Yes. And um, I, uh, I remember talking about in this podcast, and I was like, oh, I think that's, and this was like a live podcast, and I remember saying, oh, that was one of my favorite jokes when I was in the, when I was in the hospital. My mom came, Lucille, and said, how is he? And the doctor said, he's okay, but he lost his left hand. And someone in the audience goes, no, 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 no. Um, it's, he's all right. Meaning he yes. only had a right yes. hand. Yes. And this was 15 years after I finished shooting the show. You know, I mean, it's like jokes like that, just layers upon layers. And so I love that. And then Veep <laughs> just was just a dream. I mean, playing Gary and playing opposite Julia Louis-Dreyfus was a real gift. And so I've been very fortunate to do some really fun roles. And so we talked a little bit earlier about developing a role. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. How, how, do you, how do you do that? How involved yeah. in writing are you? So yeah. much pain. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I think... Um, I love talking about kind of this because um, I think you have to find a part of yourself in every character to try to make it an authentic performance. And um, I've struggled with anxiety in my life. I'm very open about it. I talk about it a lot. And, you know, obviously Buster and Gary have a through line of anxiety. <laughs> um, but even if, it's, even if I'm playing a character that... Um, I, remember, I remember years ago, it was for this movie. It wasn't a great movie, but... The role was, he was described as kind of arrogant and entitled and a player. And I remember reading, him, reading this character and being like, oh, I can't stand people like this. You know, I don't, it was kind of hard to play this guy. And this acting coach, her name was Diana Castle, and I'll never forget it. She says, Tony, you have to realize that those traits are inside of you. And if you think about it, it's true. There have been moments I'm not proud of that I've been entitled. There have been moments I've been arrogant. There has been, unfortunately, moments I've been a bit of a player. And it's like you have to find that inside of you to have the empathy for the character. And that's when you can bring out hopefully the most organic portrayal of him because it's inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's also such a great, that's why I love acting. It's such a great lesson in life because I think about off the top of my head, I think two people that I, not two, but like, like one person maybe that I can't stand. And I think about something about them and I'm like, oh, they're just this and this and this. And the fact is, if I'm honest, that's also in myself. I've had moments in my life that's like that. And it gives you more of a compassion for people in life that you seem as very different than you. In actuality, there's maybe a lot of similarities that you can resonate with. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you hadn't become an actor, mm. uh, any thoughts on what you would have done? Um, um, 
Gosh, I haven't gotten that question in a long time. Good job, Julia. Um, I would, uh, I love, um, I could maybe see myself as like a social worker. I, I really, I'm a little bit too much of a feeler, <laughs> a little too much empathy sometimes. Um, maybe you don't have the best boundaries sometimes, no. Um, <laughs> but it's, I just really, um, there's something so rewarding about um, just making that kind of a difference in someone's life. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Wakey Wakey. Um, mm. So my husband and I saw it last weekend. Um, it, it, we loved it. Uh, really unexpected. Um, it is incredibly uh, thought-provoking, existential, um, real human. Um, and you just are brilliant Oh, in that's it. nice. Um, so I re- really encourage What'd folks to see it. What'd you say? I missed that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. He's brilliant. Um, in that, you know, you're able to you know, take this role that is actually quite tragic, but then you oscillate from being wildly funny mm. to um, really heartbreakingly sad. So talk to us about how, um, the well, the role came about, why you returned to theater yeah. uh, after so many years. Um, okay, well, so my story with this play is, um, I've, as I've mentioned to you, I've, I struggle with anxiety. And so I, years ago in high school, I did a play called um, um, Little Abner when I was in high school. And there was a, a, I was Mary and Sam, and I had a song called Jubilation T. Cornpone. And in the middle of the song, I think, I thought it was an asthma attack, but it was pretty much a panic attack. Wow. And ever since this experience, it's amazing how one marker in life will kind of attach anxiety to it. I had a lot of anxiety about getting back on stage, not so much with TV and film, mm. but with stage. And so I really, but I really wanted, after post a lot of therapy and all this kind of stuff, cognitive behavioral therapy, I don't know if you guys know that, CBT. But it's, um, I really wanted to kind of uh, challenge myself and get back on stage because I really missed the intimacy that you can have with an audience that you don't get on TV and film. And so a, a large part of the story is when I booked, so I'm going to go off on a tangent, but I'll, I'll string it back together. When I was doing um, Arrested Development, it was my dream job. I only wanted to be on a sitcom. I just want to be on a sitcom. And when I got it, I remember having this feeling of like, oh, shit. Like, this didn't satisfy me the way I thought it was going to satisfy. And it's because I don't feel like I've been very present in my life. And I always look to that big thing as like, oh, that sitcom's coming. And the whole thing is if you're you're not practicing contentment where you are, you're not going to be content when you get what you want. And I got what I wanted, but since I had never been practicing being present... Um, I gave it too much weight. And I think we can all do this, with whether it be with career or whatever. Um, and so out of that experience, I did this children's book called Archibald's Next Big Thing about a little chicken who gets a card in the mail that says, your big thing is here. And he's like, where? And he goes on all these great adventures, but every time he's on an adventure, he's like, I gotta get to my next big thing. And this bee comes along, and the bee's like, you gotta just be, man. You gotta just be. <laughs> And then in the end, he realizes the card is right, that your big thing is here. Like, my big thing is right now talking to you guys. That's where I, that's my big thing. And so I went through just a lot of, a large season after Arrested Development of really practicing the discipline of being present and kind of, as this therapist told me, you have to wake yourself up a hundred times a day to where you are and really trying to wake myself up. And, you know, you know, ups and downs, learning and life and stuff, but you know, cut two years later, this play comes along called Wakey Wakey. <laughs> and it really is a conversation with the audience about gratitude and waking ourselves up to where we are. And it was a season in my life where I really wanted to get back to doing some stage and also still having that fear and that anxiety, but 
I remember a long time ago, this preacher I was listening to said something that I'll never forget. He was ta- she was talking on um, fear and anxiety, and she said, you know, it's not like you're not going to have these things when you're taking a risk, but you have to just do it afraid. And it really resonated with me. And this whole experience is just like, I've just, I keep walking, I just do it afraid. You know, and it's been really cool just to see, you know, the fruit that's come from that. So it's been a pretty terrifying but exciting experience. Yeah. Wow. That's Sorry, that was just like a full Oprah dump right there. That was, we're here with you. <laughs> um, and, well, and by the way, it doesn't seem like that at all. You were <laughs> truly amazing. Um, and it's so interesting. So the, the way in which the guy, and I think his name is Guy. Yeah, my name's Guy in the show. Yeah, in the show. It's, he's kind of he's like also a, a guy. considered like an everyman, yeah. And um, and the way that he interacts with the audience is really unique, right? Yeah. Um, you're, you're pretty much breaking the fourth wall the entire time. In fact, you know, at one point you walked us through like a meditative experience yeah. that was really quite moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what's been, what has that experience been like, really having that type of interaction with the audience? It's, it's really, it's so um, rewarding. And again, it's both. It's rewarding and terrifying because there's something also about not thinking the audience is there that kind of gives you a little bit of a detachment and kind of freedom to be in a, be in the play. And when you're engaged, you're like, yeah, I'm talking to a thousand people, you know, excuse me. But so it's, it's, it's exciting and it's kind of nerve wracking, but I love it because I, I do kind of take the audience through this kind of meditative experience. But also having done TV and film for so long, you, you miss um, feedback. Like when Julie and I were on Veep, um, she, uh, it's crazy how even without an audience on TV, you still get tuned in to if you hear a chuckle in Video Village, which is where they kind of watch the monitor about to see if we're doing it right. We sometimes call it Judgment Corner. Um, but it's like, um, so like if Julie and I will be doing a scene and we'll hear like a cameraman chuckle or we'll hear like Video Village start snickering, it's like, oh, it's like just animals just feeding off of <laughs> Oh my God, I think that was funny. You know, so it's like, we're so, you know, we want that kind of feedback. Yeah. And so with an audience, it's nice to have that intimacy and that feedback every night, you know. But it's also like, sometimes you think something's funny and it doesn't land funny. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, well, moving on. You yeah, know, so. no, absolutely. And so, and the role that you play in Wakey Wakey is, is it seems so different than what other roles that you've played mm-hmm. before, right? You're, you're in a, you're, you play a guy who is on his deathbed. He's confined to a wheelchair mm-hmm. for most of, of the show. Um, have, were you able to draw from other roles that you've that you've played before? You know, are there elements of, of Buster and Gary yeah. in in this role? I think it's. I don't know about other roles. I think it's just a, just drawing on life. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. really neat how uh, kind of life works out to where something comes along that you I feel prepared for. You know, having through this journey of kind of therapy and struggle and all that kind of stuff, and also my daughter is fourteen and learning so many lessons from that and. It's neat how, it's the kind of same thing like when you go through something in life, when you meet somebody else who's maybe gone through a similar thing, you have an empathy for that person. So I think life has given me some empathy to certain things that helps me hopefully communicate that, I think, in the play a little more. And so finally, you know, it sounds like almost the, the, the direction that you've taken in, in life recently almost drew to the play. Is there anything that, that going through the, the experience of the production um, has changed in you personally Ooh, this time? What have I you think, learned? What's- oh, my God. I think it's like I'm just so thankful. 
I'm so thankful because I, guys, if I'm honest, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I would be in rehearsals and be like, I mean, this is great, but opening night, it's going to be a disaster. You know, it's like, <laughs> so it's just to kind of be, I mean, I still get nervous every night, but to be on the, op the other side of having done live performances already and, I don't know, it's just like really um, encouraging because I always think of, um, this is a kind of a cheesy example, but where was it where, uh, this, is, this is my lack of film knowledge. Where is Harrison Ford? Is it Indiana Jones where he takes the step and the floor comes below him? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. But it's like, I'm telling you guys, I was like, um, you know what? I'm just going to keep walking and I'm going to do it afraid and I'm just going to trust that when I get on that stage, um, I'm going to feel supported. And I'm gonna, and I'm also my faith is important, very important to me. So, I just kind of just trust that God was always going to be there with me, and I I took the step, and thankfully He was. So you know it's it's um, but every night it definitely feels a bit of a of a a little bit of a walk of faith, honestly. Yeah, you were certainly one of my favorite comedians, uh, oh, that's as nice. I'm sure uh, is the case for many of the people in this. What room. if somebody's like, not mine? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not anymore. <laughs> I disagree. Um, <laughs> Uh, just curious, who were your favorite comedians growing up as a kid? Who you guys you are probably to? entirely too young, but um, when I grew up, uh, I was a big fan of Tim Conway and um, Bob Newhart. Um, and these are men who, uh, Tim Conway did a show called The Carol Burnett Show. And there was something about um, Ann Carol Burnett, who's just, oh, and I got to meet her which I did her little show on Netflix, and I was just like, ah, <laughs> my voice has left me. Um, but these, I feel like these actors, um, they never pushed the comedy. Hmm. Um, and Tim Conway did this character. He was an old man just walking slowly across the stage. And it was so funny to me. And Bob Newhart on his show, there would be all this chaos happening around him, but he would just stare. And it was just funny. And it was very much like, I think... Life is so crazy, and if the writing is so chaotic and fun, many times you just have to sit in that tension, and it's funny. And so I know on Veep, I was actually, I couldn't even speak on Veep. Selena Meyer on the show never even let me speak. I was actually called a bitchy mime on the show. <laughs> and so I would have to stand behind her, and it was so fun to practice. Just I constantly just sat in tension, and it was all nonverbal. You know, I was just like, she actually, as a political figure, couldn't say the things that she wanted to say, but my nonverbal was always like, whoa, good luck to this guy. You know, so it was, I really had huge admiration for those people growing up. That's, and it's truly such a great part of your genius, is, is your ability to be so physical with, so, with such restraint. Mm. Um, and so, what is that, do, do you watch yourself? Like, do, do you go back and you look and you're like, oh, that, that eye expression could have been oh, a yeah. different, you know? Um, I love to watch myself. <laughs> um, Awesome. Cut to my shows on loop at home. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, um, I mean, I've kind of seen each episode of Arrested maybe once or twice, and then really? Veep once. Because when I remember them, I remember the experience around it. Right. I don't, I, it's hard to watch yourself sometimes. And it, that's why I love when people come up who like Arrested Development or something or Veep. Because when they say, oh, do you remember when Buster did this and this and this? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> But please tell me more, because that sounds really funny. Yeah. Um, and so I love, because I forget. And also those last seasons, actually all the seasons, I had no idea what was going on, because the writing was so, I'll never forget the, <laughs> that last season. I, of course, didn't have a hand. And they kept putting different attachments 
on my hand. Like that. And I remember so many times I was like, wait, what is, what is this about? And the props person goes, I don't know, just go with it. <laughs> and I was like, all right. We just all trusted Mitch Hurwitzson because he had this kind of grid, this comic grid in his brain. And we trusted that he knew where we were going. Before my hand was eaten off, um, I remember I was like shooting the show months before it was um, that episode happened where Buster had a hand chair or he had like something, there was like an arm reference. And I remember thinking, what's up with a hand chair? You know, what's up with all these arm references? And that's why nobody wanted to improv because if I improv like didn't want to say that or whatever, it would mess up this like comic grid that right. he had, you know, yeah. constructed. So everybody the all just, rights. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. all rights. Yeah. yeah. If I had been yeah. like, ah, it's oh, that's okay. I mean, he just has everything so and all the blueprints on the walls. You know, it's like he just had such a construction that we all stayed on the page. We never really improv. Really? That's so yeah. interesting. So was that the same case with Veep? Like, how Veep, much are you improving with? Yeah, with Veep was a little more um, it was a very different process. They had constructed these beautiful scripts, but then they let us um, kind of put it up. They put our scripts to the side and kind of put it up and then just kind of see what gelled. Um, did it work? Did it not? Did we come up with funny bits? And then, um, and then it was pretty much cemented when we put it in front of the camera. That's awesome. Um, do you have a favorite scene or a, a, a moment or that you've acted in over the years? Um, I have a couple. On Veep, there was a scene where, um, oh God, I mean, Selena Meyer is the worst person in the world. <laughs> and my character is the most codependent person and just had rose-colored glasses, never heard any of the screaming. She's pretty tough. But there was, this, there was this particular episode where I accidentally gave her too much St. John's wort, <laughs> which made her very, very loopy. And all of a sudden she like loved me and wanted to go to my birthday party with me. And Gary was like, this is the best day of my life. And it was so fun to like have that contrast. And then like at the end of the episode when the St. John wore, ran, you know, wore off, she was just like, I never said that stuff. And I'm like, oh, like my dreams are busting. Um, but on Arrested, I think the class, I think the thing that I loved the most is when uh, Buster went on a cussing tirade about his mother. And um, just out of the blue, he would just go on these rants. And I know, I know about like, I probably use like four or five cuss words all the time. I don't know, have a full vocabulary. <laughs> and so on Veep, however, there's a full vocabulary. But I remember Mitch saying, okay, so just like go crazy um, cussing. And I, I kind of, what I did is I, I think I like, <laughs> I like took the alphabet and then I'd be like, shit, A B C D F, damn it. <laughs> I would just like do five words and then just fill them with numbers now. <laughs> so it's pretty sad. Um. <laughs> And so do you, do you stay in touch with folks from the show? Yeah. Are there reunions? Um, we're all, I mean, everybody's kind of busy, but we all, like Veep, we were all very, very, very close. And it was fun to come back with Arrested and um, just to reconnect. It was very strange, though, when they, Netflix, not strange, it was a gift, but when Netflix brought us back, um, I was nervous, um, go figure, I was nervous that Buster, um, you know, to kind of get back in his skin again, that it wasn't, because it had been seven years. And I remember coming on set and hearing um, Jessica Walter say my name, Buster. She just goes, Buster. And it was like this Pavlovian, <laughs> like, tidal wave that was like, I'm back. <laughs> and it was so weird. I was just like, zick, hello. <laughs> so so that, was, that was cool. It was like riding a bike again.
That's awesome. Um, and so th there's a few folks in the room who are aspiring comedians, potentially, oh, yeah. you know, at least on the side. Any advice uh, for, that you would give to them uh, in their or comedians and actors? Yeah. Um, I know I met some wonderful men earlier. Um, I, um, I, think, I think just in general what I tell, like when, when actors come up to me and, and ask, and I, again, I get super deep, but, you know, kind of, because a lot of, um, I talk to a lot of students who are actors, who are wanting to pursue acting, and I just say stuff like, I talk about that contentment stuff, about kind of being, really trying to be present, because it's something I struggle with. But also, I think this business is really unfortunate sometimes where it's like, you have value when this happens to you. You have value if you get a show. You have a value if you get this. You have that. And the fact of the matter is, your value and who you are is as much as it's going to be and as right now as after you have all that success. You have tremendous value exactly where you are. You're the most known you're ever going to be right here, right now, until, and, and then also after whatever happens. That stays the same. And I think that's just something always to remember. And the other thing I say is, um, before you go into your career, invest in your community. Because the community, uh, having a community that sees you for who you are outside of the business and who can encourage you, that, I'm telling you guys, that's what's going to give you longevity. Because you, those people who can support you. That's right, yeah, you have... 100%. You have a you have family. You have you have a, a teenage daughter. Yeah, I have a teenager and my friends who I've known for for decades, really. And it's just those people who really see you. And I think this is for any career, because I mean, here at Google, I mean, it's, I'm sure there's a lot of different chaos going on, but great things. But it's like having those people that you can be honest with and authentic about life and see you for who you are, guys. That's that's gold. That that beats any new title or anything like that. That's great. So. What is next for you? In I'm trying to be present, Julia. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> next big thing. What is the next big I'm just thing? Kidding. Um, kidding. Yeah, where can we look forward to seeing you next? Um, where can we? Um, <laughs> it's such a freelance life, you know. I'm, I'm doing the show. There is a, there is something that's about to maybe happen that I can't say, but it's very exciting. Um, can you say TV, movie, it is TV, theater? Uh, TV, okay, yeah. TV. All right. Um, <laughs> it's like charades. Yeah. Um, Rhymes with. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but this this children's book I did, Archibald's Next Big Thing. Um, this has been such a joy because uh, Netflix picked it up as a cartoon that's out now, and and now Archibald, because we learned this lesson about being present in the book, um, and now he's um, he sees everything like it's his big thing, and he just kind of has this, I tell you, this little chicken with this brown cable knit sweater <laughs> is like my role model. Like he just sees the best in everyone, the best in every situation. He, anytime life does this, which it does, he just goes with it. You know, he has a plan, but sometimes it does this, or all the time it does, and he goes with it. And it's like, that's the attitude I want in life. So that's been a huge joy to work on. Hi. Hey. Um, my name is Grace, first Hi, of all. Grace. Oh, I love that name. Thank you. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing about your story. I mm. especially love how open you are about mm. your struggles, your anxiety, um, mm -hmm. and the importance of being empathetic towards people and mm -hmm. using that to like bring healing to others. Yeah. Um, my question kind of related to that. Um, personally, I'm also a person of faith and I mm. am just so encouraged um, to see entertainers mm. um, in that space to try to be a light and try to inspire more people with their stories. Mm. Um, and I'm just curious, like I, 
how do you continue to be a light even though life is hard you have so many struggles <laughs> uh, i'm sure there's many times when you feel hopeless so sure. so how do you concretely overcome that yeah i think um i think the bummer that's happening um in the world today is people are not having conversations um and i have so many friends of many different faiths and many different belief systems <clears throat> and I just I love sharing. I love talking about it, but it's the key is not having an agenda because we can't. We think we can control other people. We can't, you know. And I will also say, <clears throat> unfortunately, my faith has been attached to a certain political figure. Um, and you know, in my faith, it talks about when somebody is following God, the fruits of the spirit are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. I'm working on two or three of those on a good day, but when I can't find one of those fruits in someone who has been on a platform of my faith, that's tricky. Um, so it's many conversations are about, hey, my faith is about um, those things rather than maybe what um, society is categorizing them as. So thanks for uh, coming to Google. It's a thrill to meet you. My wife and I went to see a preview of Wakey oh. Wake. You really enjoyed it. Oh, it was a preview? Oh, our I hope parents, it didn't suck. It didn't feel like a preview. It felt like, <laughs> uh, and our parents are both aging. It was just very timely, mm, so it really affected mm. us quite deeply. Uh, my question is about something you haven't talked about, which is Forky. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're huge fans <laughs> Sorry, of, the, of Arrested <laughs> Development yeah. and Veep, but Forky, what was it like um, doing an animated character, and especially with Pixar, and then the Forky yeah. Ask a Question? It's just fantastic. <clears throat> Yeah, I, um, gosh, okay. When um, Pixar asked me to do um, the character, I mean, of course, you're just like, yeah, I'm in. Um, and then they said, you're going to be a spork. <laughs> and I was kind of like, all right, let's, let's break this down. Um, but um, first, just re Pixar, I was able to go there on Tuesday and... Um, it's like a, it's just such a creative wonderland, much like, I mean, Google is amazing as well. And, um, but it was really cool because here's a character who was created from this little girl, Bonnie, and he has no um, understanding of anything about the world. So everything is fresh. Um, and I just loved, and he also saw his path as like, hey, I'm made to help you eat chili and go to the trash. Like, that's it. <laughs> and... Woody comes along and he's like, no, you're made for more than that. You're made to love and be loved. And it's like, come on, who doesn't need to hear that? You know, it's like, every, we, we all have moments in life where we're like, oh, I just feel like this, but it's like, no, I have a great, greater value, I have a greater purpose. Um, and also, for those of you who've seen it, there's this other doll um, named Gabby Gabby who lives in the thrift store. And she's kind of a doll that everybody's kind of afraid of um, and kind of seems evil. But since Forky has no preconceived anything, he's like, I think she's got great hair. And so he just goes over and brushes her hair and talks to her. And because of that interaction, going back to Grace's question, because you take a step and begin to have conversations and begin to have you know, empathy and understanding and acceptance, then you see Gabby Gabby has a whole struggle and a whole story. And because of that, Gabby Gabby then comes to healing. You know, so it's just like doing that movie was just like such a gift. I loved it. Hi. Hi, hi. Um, one What's thing I really love up, about Buster oh, yeah. is his just relentless pursuit of various scholarly subjects. Sure, yeah. 
if you could pick one seemingly useless scholarly subject to pursue in real life, what would it be? Oh, that's am- oh, that's fantastic. I've never gotten, what's your name? EJ. EJ. I've never gotten that question. Uh, I love that. Um, I want to say basics because I don't know a lot. So uh, I want to say like geography, just because I, I need to learn myself. Um, but um, the first thing that literally popped in my head was the science of ice cream. <laughs> and um, I recently saw avocado ice cream and I'm just like, that's fascinating to me. <laughs> so I would like, I, I, I like that study. <laughs> Even though dairy doesn't sit well with me very well. But, you know, almond milk ice cream? I don't know. Thank you, EJ. Good question. Hi, I'm Lori. Hey, Lori. Um, I just wanted to say I love Buster. I love Gary. But I saw a guy, too, and it has affected me. I saw it two weeks ago, and I could still just get emotional about it. I've been wearing my thing ever since. Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) nice. So I just wanted to thank you and to tell everyone to go see it. Oh, thanks, (laughs) thanks. I really appreciate that. The bracelet she's wearing says, why not, why not? Because there's a time when Guy says, hey, why can't this be the second part of your life? Um, Kind of making different choices and being grateful. And he says, why not, why not? So thank you. It was brilliant. Oh, thanks a lot. Thank you. Hi, Tony. Uh, I'm a big fan of Arista Development and other your works. My question is, uh, were you ever uh, afraid of um, that <clears throat> whenever you're playing uh, in some specific like uh, TV show <clears throat> that uh, others will always see you as mm-hmm. in that image, in that character, and that would limit your career, like your next uh, sure. opportunity? Like, were you ever like seeing yourself other than like a comedian, actor, like similar to Buster? Or- yeah, great question. What's your name again? Uh, Quanish. Quanish. <laughs> Um, I, um, yeah, I think I've been, I think what I don't mind about it is because I have such fun playing the characters. Um, and it's just, I love comedy. However, um, I've been also really fortunate to be able to do some other stuff. Like I just did a movie at Sundance called Nine Days where I played a really just kind of, um, bit of a, a little bit of a jerk, but like it's been kind of fun to branch out. Um, and then. So it's, I've been fortunate enough, the two main ones that I've kind of probably gotten the most attention for are Veep and Arrested. But it's nice with independent film and other opportunities to be able to branch out and do other stuff. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. But I do love it. So I don't, I don't mind playing the quirky sidekick for the rest of my life. It'd be fun. <laughs> I'm really <clears throat> passionate about theater. I love attending live theater. Yeah. Excuse me. And it's right. something that I've been able to do with my daughter, who's 12 years old. Oh. I really love taking yeah. her especially to um, productions that aren't necessarily kid shows sure. that can really inspire some really great conversations mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, I would love to take her to your show this weekend. Yeah. And I was wondering if there were any conversations to have with her before the show that oh. might be helpful. That's, That's really great. That's a really great question. You can probably also help answer that too. Just kind of... Um, I mean, it's a lot of, <clears throat> I think why I love it so much is I'm able to ask questions that I feel like um, is just kind of obvious questions that nobody wants to talk about. I mean, for instance, death. You know, our society kind of sanitizes death a little bit because I think it's, we're all afraid. And the fact of the matter is we're spinning on a planet. Like it's, but like we kind of like go to work and have a, but it's like, we're spinning on a planet. There's thousands of asteroids out there. God knows what's going, you know, it's like, <laughs> Millions. And it's, 
And so it's, I like to ask those bigger questions and to kind of give kind of a forum to do that. And then kind of people can leave and talk about it amongst themselves. But I'm also that kind of guy that at a, sometimes at a Hollywood party, I want to stand up and be like, you know, we're all going to die, right? <laughs> you know, this is kind of meaningless. Um, but, um, but then it's like, there was a great quote. Oh, I hope I get it right. It's like, do everything as if it's the only thing that mattered, knowing it doesn't matter at all. And, you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't know, I just, I'm, I, I personally love kind of those discussions. So I think just prepping her and saying, hey, you know, because kids, I'm sure, wonder like, do, I, or do we never talk about death or stuff like that? And it's those kind of conversations. I don't know if you think. I, I, yeah, I, I would obviously agree. And, and I also think it's not necessarily... You know, t- saying that it's a play about death really doesn't do it justice yeah, either, yeah. Um, because true. it's it's really so much more about life and and actually true, yeah. how to live. Um, yeah. And I think if any if there's any consolation, it, it actually ends on like a pretty high positive yeah. note. That's very true. Um, and and so, making the most of this. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely some complexities and layers there, but um, I I would feel very very comfortable bringing mm-hmm. a twelve year old to that. Hi. Um, to you described on. certain people needing theater. Like it being something that should be in their lives, whether or not they do it professionally, can you describe like what that feeling is? Like what what is that need that need that is satisfied by theater or by oh, acting? Yeah, yeah great. I, there's something about I think I kind of go back to, and I can only speak from a performer standpoint, but it's um, when you do f- film and TV, it's very cut up. So it's like I'll, I'll never forget. I did a movie called Happy Thank You More Please years ago. And the very last scene where I'm like telling this girl this very, or having a very emotional scene, that was my first day on set and I hadn't even met her. I hadn't even met the girl. And so you kind of have to get in this place of like, all right, I got to get my head right in order that it makes sense when they see it. Whereas with theater, you're going, you're going on the journey all in one space. So you're going from beginning to end and it's really nice. I've missed having that journey, you know? Um, now, of course, there are moments on stage I miss going, cut, can I have a break? Because I'm a little overwhelmed. So it's like, it's definitely a, a different risk, but it's so, it also helps you kind of, you know, emotionally get to places and all that stuff. Yeah. Just to add on that, you know, you, you talked at the beginning about finding theater as sort of the thing that, that really kind of brought you out um, and, and, you know, out of your shell and, and was yeah, able yeah, to. Yeah to um, give you that forum. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why was it, what was it about theater specifically that really helped you? Um, I think it, well, it was just, at the time, it was very, um, it was kind of an extracurricular activity that was available to me as a kid. And so I was really grateful. But I just, it was a place where I felt like I could be my silly self and quirky and different. And I wasn't, I didn't fit a certain model of maybe other kids not a, not a wrong model, but I didn't fit that model. And I just felt like I wasn't judged for it. I felt like it was very accepted. I could kind of discover what I loved, who I was. And that environment, to me, really um, helped nurture that. Yeah. Hi, Tony. Uh, hey, hey. Thank you so much for coming out and talking with us. Um, I don't actually really have a question. It's more of a comment. Oh, um, good. So I, I'm really inspired by how open you are about your struggles with anxiety, just things like mental health and your faith and everything. Um, And I sort of wanted to share an experience that I've had. I also struggle with anxiety from time to time. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
my my an antidote for that in the past has been to watch Arrested Development. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, so whenever I was in like a pretty bad place, it would oh. be my happy place to go to. And so oh, I watched nice. it many times through and Buster was one of the things that <laughs> Oh, really, good. I love that. Really I've, I've happy, heard people so. say that. That's really, what's your name again? It's Johnny. Johnny. That's really sweet. Uh, somebody else said to me, they had the same experience because they watched Buster and they were like, well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like tweaked. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about earlier how you, you know, in a different life, maybe you would be a social worker. Uh -huh. But as an actor, you're still helping people. Oh, so. that's nice. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it. Now I start crying. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Yeah. Well, what a... Well, what a, what a wonderful note to end on and, I'm mm. sure, and really kind of encapsulates, I think, what we all feel about you. Um, so thank you again for joining us here at Google and please come back. Yeah, Enjoy thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback about this or any other episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit g.co slash talks at Google slash podcast feedback to leave your comments. To discover more amazing content, you can always find us online at youtube.com slash talks at Google, on our website, google.com slash talks, or via our Twitter handle, at talks at Google. Talk soon!